0: Hey everyone and welcome back to another video. Today we're going to go over the origins of the ancient Rakata. Now we heard them mentioned in the latest episode of Andor, however, they have an extensive history and their origin story is going to be explained today in this long video. So sit back, relax, hit like if you think you're going to enjoy it, which I think you might, and let's get started. In the entire history of the galaxy, there has never been a more evil order of dark side users than the ancient Sith, except for one the ancient Rakata. These massive, hulking beings were one of the very first species to learn the secrets of the Force. And what they did with that secret would scar the rest of the galaxy for millennia. So, who were they? And how did they manage to pillage their way across the galaxy? We'll try to answer all of these questions and more as we take a look at the ancient Rakata. Let's first start with their origins. Now... When we take a look at the Rakata, the first thing that might shock you is how old they actually are. Because they predate the modern Jedi Order by at least 10,000 years, and they even predated the foundation of the Galactic Republic, which occurred around 25,000 BBY. So to put it all into perspective and reference, that's about 25,000 years before the height of Emperor Palpatine's power, 24,000 years before Darth Bane created the Rule of Two, and 21,000 years before Exar Kun betrayed raid the Jedi and 20,000 years before Nagasato invaded the Republic in the very first Sith War. So, to say the Rakata are an ancient evil is putting it very lightly, they were like the first evil. When we think of ancient galactic history, we often think of guys like Bane or Kuhn, and that's actually modern history compared to the Rakata. Since they came to power in the distant past, we don't know the exact dates for some of the important events in their history, but you can be rest assured the history of the Rakata as one of the most evil dark side empires in the galaxy starts with a humble group of force-powered monks from Dathomir, known as the Kwa. Now if you know anything about the Kwa from the modern era, their connection to the Rakata might surprise you, because during the High Republic and Imperial era, the mighty Kwa had actually devolved into a group of raptor-like beasts known as the Qui. These creatures were sometimes used as mounts by the witches of Dathomir, but more often than not, they were left in the wild to do as they've pleased. But with the Qui's forebearers, the mighty Qua weren't nearly as quaint. Besides the Celestials, whose existence was still a mystery, the Qua were one of the only other force-powered beings at the time. According to the tales, The Kwa would venture from planet to planet and teach the ways of the Force to primitive aliens around the galaxy, which was a big deal in that era. I mean, just imagine in primitive times, you had someone come around a very primitive village and started showing them how you can make things float with the Force, for example. Now, hyperspace travel didn't really become mainstream until the foundation of the Republic, which was at least several millennia later. So the fact that the Kwa and their ancient teleportation device known as Infinity Gates were able to effort effortlessly traverse the galaxy gave them a huge advantage, and they used it. The Qua, thanks to their infinity gates, expanded around the galaxy. Now some would claim that the Kwa were working on behalf of the ancient celestials, which only adds more mystery to what the aliens were doing. Because on each planet they visited, the Kwa passed the knowledge of the Force to the inhabitants. But when they visited the strange outer rim world of Lahan, the Kwa made a grave mistake. Because that was the home of the Rakata. And if the Kwa had paused for a moment and studied the ancient Rakatan culture, they would have realized that teaching them the Force was a terrible idea. The Rakata were a vicious alien species even more than the Sith. The ancient Rakata loved bloodshed and violence. They were always in a constant state of conflict with each other and even worse than that, The Rakata didn't stop when they had defeated their peers in combat. They actively hunted each other to death and consumed each other. But by the time the Kwa had decided to abandon Lahan and stop teaching the Rakata the ways of the Force, it was too late. The Rakata had already learned everything they needed to know. Even though the Kwa had taught the Rakata about the Living Force and the balance between the Light and the Dark, the Rakata had learned to harness only the Dark Side, and that made them more powerful than the Kwa could ever hope to contain. And in their second mistake, the Kwa revealed the secrets of the infinity gates and hyperspace travel. So, the Rakata, armed with the dark side and unlimited Kwa technology, decided to embark across the galaxy and conquer every system they came across. And that's exactly what they did. By the time the ancient Jedi Order was founded, around 36,000 BBY, the Rakata seemed to be the only power left in the galaxy. The Celestials' power was fading, and by the year 30,000 BBY, they would seemingly disappear altogether. And for those of you new to Star Wars, BBY just means before Battle of Yavin, or essentially before Episode Four, which was the very first Star Wars movie in 1977. So that's where we are at in the timeline when BBY is mentioned. And as you already know, the Kwa, who were already in decline, would be chased back to Dathomir and undergo de-evolution as they became the Kui. Some stories even claimed that their de-evolution was part of the Rakata's revenge. The other alien species that served the Celestials of the time all seemed to equally fade into obscurity as the Rakata rose to power. During this time, the Rakata would rise as the unquestionable powerhouse in the galaxy, and it wouldn't be until the Rakata made a grave error of their own attempting to invade the ancient homeworld of the Jedi that their power would crumble. And when I say Jedi, I don't mean the Jedi. I mean the very first Jedi, the very first iteration of them, the Jedi. Let's talk about the Rakatan's dark side hyperspace travel, as they were the first to ever discover this. Now, there's a pretty impressive reason that the Rakata were able to achieve so much because by this time, there were plenty of strong, war-loving aliens around the galaxy. But those other species never managed to get past their planet's moon or the handful of planets in their local system. Achieving interstellar travel or hyperspace travel was nothing short of a pipe dream to many species around the galaxy. So they were very limited with how far they could go with their technology and their advancement. But the Rakata achieved it. They created massive hyperspace engines that were fueled by the dark side, and these engines allowed the ricotta to traverse most of the galaxy. Of course, there was one downside to using the dark side. These force-powered hyperspace engines would only travel to other planets that were equally strong in the force. That meant the large swaths of the galaxy brimming with non-force-powered life were inaccessible to the Rakata, and that allowed other species like the huts, to create their own empires. So you might ask, what was their method of conquering? How did the Rakata do all of this? so let's discuss. To put the Rakata's power into perspective, let's look at what they actually held in their infinite empire. If we look at them in their peak, the Rakata directly controlled 500 worlds, 10 billion Rakata warriors, and 1 trillion slaves. That's quite insane. Unfathomably large. During the Clone Wars, the Galactic Republic only had 3 million clone troopers in the first year of action. If you threw your bias for Darth Sidious out the window and just looked at the facts, it wouldn't be absurd to suggest that the Rakata would have defeated the Republic in a fair fight. You know, if they were given a little bit of a technological update, let's say. And even though the Galactic Empire, under Tarkin's direction, was even larger, I still don't think they would have stood a chance against such a large and vicious military force. However, to be fair, the Rakatan forces were so large because they had a particularly brutal method of invading and occupying new worlds. When they landed on a new planet, they almost immediately subjugated the entire native population. That meant millions or billions of sentients were immediately pushed into indentured servitude. Also, since the Rakata lived to conquer, then the concept that there were 10 billion Rakata warriors doesn't seem so far-fetched. After all, that's just what they did. So in the millennia that preceded the Rakata's fateful fight against the Jedi, they meddled in almost every aspect of galactic life. And many of those events, even the small ones, ended up defining what the galaxy would look like for the rest of time. So, do you remember how the Rakata loved slaves? Well, as we just said, they actually possessed 1 trillion of them at one time. But the Rakata didn't just leave these slaves on their home worlds. No, they shipped them around the galaxy to work in factories or directly serve the Rakata on their ships since none of these species possessed hyperspace travel technology at the time, the Rakata slave trade was actually the only way that different species could move to new worlds. And this is one of the biggest reasons that the galaxy, even in the years before the Republic, was such a diverse place. There were humans, Tongs, Wookies, and many, many more who were ferried across the galaxy and deposited on brand new worlds where they would eventually build flourishing communities and populate with one another. But besides diversifying the planets within their empire, the Rakata scarred the galaxy in some pretty horrible ways as well. During this era, Tatooine was actually a pretty technologically advanced society. Their world was lush and covered in plenty of water sources, enough to push their society to develop interstellar travel, much like how once Mustafar was covered in green, lush grass. But when the intellectual natives of Tatooine, who were known as the Kamunga, tried to fight against the approaching Rakata, their fates would turn. The Rakata used their massive ships to turn the entire world into a giant, fracturing sheet of glass. And the Kumumga, who had once been amongst the most advanced species in the galaxy, were forced to adapt to their harsh new world. They devolved into the scavenging species that we know today as Tuscans and the Jawas. A long fall from the heights they achieved as Kumumga. But Tatooine wasn't the only world that was scarred. The rakata also invaded Kashik the Wookiee homeworld. And there, they fiddled with the ecosystem of the planet so much that they caused the local trees to grow uncontrollably. And that's exactly how the modern warshire tree, which the Wookiees used to create their homes, came to be. That's why they were so big. So if you think about it for a second, that also probably held the Wookiees back. With such an amazing resource at their dispense, they weren't forced to compete and become an interstellar power. That might not seem like a big deal since the Wookiees were famously a peace-loving culture, Their lack of technology left them sitting ducks, and the Trandoshans, a group of vicious aliens who hated Wookiees within the same star system, would often use the Wookiees' lack of technology to their advantage whenever they would visit Kashyyyk and hunt them. But the worst thing the Rakata did was venture to Korriban. There, the Rakata attempted to trick the Sith into serving them. However, the Sith King, Adas, was no fool. Adas brought the Sith forces together and chased the Rakata off, a feat that had cost the natives of Tatooine their lives. But the Sith, armed with the dark side of the Force, were more powerful than anyone else the Rakata had faced at the time. Even their king, Adas, had a red force saber that he could wield in combat, which was a weapon that only the Rakata knew how to use. When the Rakata left, the Sith felt even more emboldened in their faith in the dark side. Even though they would never venture out outside of their small sector of the Outer Rim, the Sith continued to develop their dark magic and expand their religion. When the first exiled Jedi would arrive on the world 20,000 years later, They would adopt many of the local Sith traditions, and that would throw the Republic into a never-ending cycle of Jedi vs. Sith wars that would last until the end of Cade Skywalker's life. So, how did the Rakata meet the early Jedi? Well, if you think about it, the Rakata got off easy in their battle against the Sith. That fight was only a regional loss, and it didn't really affect them all that much for the greater part of the Infinite Empire. But when the Rakata tried to use the same tactics against the strange monks of a world called their entire empire was reduced to nothing. And a big part of their fall had to do with a strange group of dark side hunters called Force Hounds. The Rakata would often take Force-sensitive slaves for special training. They would torture, brutalize, and brainwash them into becoming the perfect tools for their expanding empire. Just like Darth Sidious used his Emperor's hands to carry out his orders around the galaxy, the Rakata used these Force Hounds to travel through space and find potential rivals. One of these Force Hounds, a human boy named Zesh, went to Tython and discovered the secret Jedi Order. Zesh successfully defeated many of their members in combat, and thanks to his Force Saber, which was an early predecessor of modern lightsabers, Zesh cut through the Jedi's Force-imbued blades with no difficulty at all. But, in time, he was defeated and eventually learned the truth about balance and the light side of the Force. By about 26,000 BBY, around there, the Rakata launched a full scale invasion of Titan space. But the Jedi managed to repel them, and this was one of the final nails in the coffin for the Infinite Empire. For a while now, the Rakata had noticed that their connection to the Dark Side of the Force was becoming weaker and weaker. And since all of their weapons and hyperspace engines used the Dark Side, their ability to rule over their billions of slaves was growing weaker as well. When the Rakata lost against the Sith and then the Jedi, other species around the galaxy thought it might be their time to fight off their Rakata overlords as well. And that wasn't even the worst part the Rakata also discovered a strange pathogen at this time, one that only seemed to infect them, their species. The disease quickly ran through the Empire, killing a majority of the Ricotta in the process. As the rebelling systems won their independence, the Ricotta seemed to all at once fall out of power. Eventually, the weakened Rakata were pushed all the way back to their home planet on Lahan, where they stayed as a mere shadow of their former selves. For the rest of recorded history, over time, most Of the Rakata devolved into the primitive cannibals that the Kwa saw when they first arrived on Lahan, but others eventually went on to join the High Republic. So, by the time of the Great Sith War, the only thing that the galaxy knew about the Rakata came from the strange weapons that they had left behind. These forges and engines, once the machines that allowed the Rakata to rule the galaxy, would become the backbone for many Sith armies for years to come. And that is the brief history of the Rakata and their empire and how they came to be. I really hope that we get to see them one day in live action or even in some sort of an animated adaptation. I think they're a really interesting villain and it definitely spices things up and makes the galaxy a little more interesting, a little more broad. It's not just Jedi versus Sith all the time, which don't get me wrong, is very cool and has an illustrious history itself. However, the Rakata fighting and coming into power and controlling everything and building high hyperspace lanes all over the place. I think that is probably one of the most interesting parts of Legend Star Wars. So the fact that they mentioned the Ricotta in Andor means they're canon, as we've also had some mentions of them in the past as well. And I would love to see maybe a show based on them or having them be the main villains in a movie or trilogy or series. Let me know if you would like to see the Rakatans on screen, or if you're more of a Yuzon Vong type of fan. Thank you so much for watching today's video. I really hope you enjoyed. I really enjoyed discussing it, so leave a like on this vid if you did like it, and I'll see you all in the next one. Until then, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, remember, the Force will be with you, always.